From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. As its name implies, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources maintains and supports everything from lakes and campsites to hatcheries and trails in the state. But that infrastructure includes a fair amount of brick and mortar, more than 2,800 buildings to be specific. Many of those buildings are aging and in need of repairs. In fact, one in three of the agency's buildings are 80 years old or older, and one in four is in unacceptable or poor condition, says Sarah Stroman, the DNR's commissioner. In its capital bonding request, the DNR is seeking $196.3 million for a variety of upkeep needs, including $70 million for natural resources asset preservation, $30 million for acquisition and betterment of public lands, and $25 million for offices, storage facilities, hatcheries, and more. In the following interview, reporter Brian Johnson speaks with Stroman about the need for continued investment in natural resources, even as the state grapples with the COVID-19 pandemic. I wanted to uh, ask you a little bit about uh, just looking at your capital bonding request. Uh, looks like you you have there's a, the governor is recommending 196.3 million um, for for the DNR. It looks like and um, there's a little bit of you know it addresses needs from building repairs and water systems to flood hazard mitigation and and many other things. But um, I was wondering if you could kind of walk me through some of the high points and um, I know it looks like the biggest single request is for um, natural resources asset preservation 70 million dollars um, what what are some of the needs there and um, can you talk a little bit about that yeah maybe I'll start um, just at a high level sure because uh, I think it's you know it's important to remember that the bonding bill is really represents uh, an opportunity for important investments in infrastructure um, that you know support a whole number of of uh, facilities and services that Minnesota really care about, and it's an opportunity to create jobs. And specifically uh, for the $196.3 million recommendation for the DNR that you mentioned, this recommendation represents a significant investment in um, Minnesota's public lands, buildings, roads, trails, and other infrastructure that help connect Minnesotans with the outdoors. And it also supports um, prosperity in communities across the state, helps conserve our natural heritage, and generally just contribute to the quality of life in Minnesota. I think um, one thing I always like to explain to people uh, as context to our bonding bill is that DNR's capital assets are really diverse. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're really numerous, and and unlike many of the assets that other state agencies manage for the state of Minnesota. So um, we have in that portfolio of assets buildings, and you know that includes kind of the obvious like offices and storage, 
but we also have fish, fish hatcheries and we have visitor centers at state parks and we have bathrooms. Uh, we have lands, you know, our state parks, our wildlife management areas, our scientific natural areas and the like. We have roads and bridges and trails that we manage. We have dams, we have campgrounds, we have boat launches. And uh, these assets are spread across the entire state. We have uh, capital assets in all 87 counties in Minnesota. So it's a very sizable and very diverse portfolio. If you just look at the buildings alone, uh, we're responsible for managing more than 2,800 buildings that have, you know, 30,000 different components. If you start talking about, you know, roofs and, and those kinds of things. And, and in total, it's a, it's a, uh, capital asset portfolio that's worth about $3 billion. So just to give you a sense of the, the value of the investment here um, before we talk about, about some of the highlights. Yeah, and that's a great uh, point. Uh, just uh, not to interrupt, but um, I, I, I guess I didn't realize until reading your request that you have 2,800 buildings um, under your watch here throughout the state. You know, I, that kind of surprised me. Uh, so, uh, you know, just talk about the diversity of, like you said, that's uh, the, the lands, the buildings, the water, the, the dams, and so on. That's uh, just from a construction standpoint, uh, that a, a lot of different trades are involved in all those different uh, endeavors. So that's uh, uh, good for the construction industry, um, if, if nothing else, um, to, to have those yeah, investments. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think just about, um, you know, the campgrounds and state parks that we manage, they're almost like small cities in and of themselves. They have water systems, they have wastewater systems, uh, you know, they have the infrastructure that goes with campsites. And, and of course, that's just one of, of the type of asset that has its, has its own complexity to just that one, um, you know, service and experience that we offer. So it, I, I think it's just important to point out because it is a little bit different than, than other state assets that people tend to think of. Absolutely. So you asked specifically about the natural resource asset preservation and the recommendation for $70 million uh, in that category. And that is the, the single largest category of, of recommendation. And um, in that category are um, things like buildings, water and wastewater infrastructure, for example, in our campground, um, roads, trails, bridges, uh, water control structures, um, campsites, hatcheries. And so the, part of the reason um, that that category is so large is because there are so many uh, diverse things and, and they're numerous. You know, if you start thinking about, again, all of the buildings that we manage, all of the, the state parks that have campsites uh, and the like. So, um, and, and the other reality is that many of those assets are, you know, are quite old. Uh, they're they're crumbling. They're in poor condition, and they're really inadequate for serving the public's needs and the public's expectations uh, at this point. And so, um, you know, the the reality is just by way of example, one in four of our buildings are in unacceptable or poor condition. Mm. Nearly one in three of our buildings are over 80 years old. And so that just gives you a sense of, you know, there's that large number of buildings. And when you think about one in three of them being um, over 80 years old and one in four of them being in acceptable, unacceptable or poor condition, 
you know, that really affects the, the level of service and the level of experience that we're able to provide to Minnesotans. You know, when they come to our uh, state parks or they uh, try to use our, our trails and those kinds of things. So that's, that's part of why uh, this, this particular area of the natural resource asset preservation is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's um, uh, some other things under the uh, the quality quality of life rubric, uh, acquisition and betterment of lands, uh, public lands, thirty million dollars. Uh, what what can you say about that? Yeah. So um, the thirty million dollars for the acquisition and, and betterment of public lands is is to both acquire strategic in holdings uh, and parcels that support wildlife habitats and and recreation. So for example, um, parcels that are strategically targeted in the state's uh, pheasant action plan um, would be one example, or to um, round out uh, forest parcels to be able to enhance forest management. Uh, it also includes um, the betterment of lands and so restoration as well as um, some of the, the improvements that go on that. So it's, it's to be able to help increased production at our hatchery ponds, for example, um, to, to enhance public water accesses and to also be able to conduct reforestation activities. Okay. I, I think a couple other um, of the highlights that I would just point out are the, some of the public safety aspects. Of course, public safety is you know, always important uh, as a state agency and specifically in this request, we have nine and a half million dollars for wildfire aviation infrastructure. And, you know, we're, we're getting into wildfire season here as the, the snow is now gone and um, the temperature is warming. And, and this is uh, to ensure that we have um, aircraft staging areas and access areas at our tanker bases and hitting uh, Grand Rapids and Brainerd. And so that's, that's an important investment to make sure that we can uh, get that wildfire aviation um, the, you know, the planes in and out uh, safely there. Uh, the other two components of that are our dam safety program, and that's uh, recommended at $20 million. And the, the highest priority there is the Lake Bronson Dam, which is a high hazard dam and in need of some repair. And then the final piece in that category is the flood hazard mitigation grant program recommended at $20 million. And that's a really important program to help communities across Minnesota mitigate and prevent flood risks. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so a lot of areas covered there, um, you know, and I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about, you know, the COVID-19 thing is on everybody's mind these days. And, and, you know, usually when we, when we talk about the pandemic, there's a lot of emphasis on helping small businesses and things of that nature and rightfully so. Um, can you touch on the importance of continuing these DNR investments as we as we grapple with the impacts of COVID-19? Yeah, well, I think, you know, again, there's the big picture. Um, you highlighted just the number of construction jobs that are involved in these activities. And so, you know, there is that, that job creation and that economic impact for sure of a, of a bonding bill. But I think, you know, the other thing that we're seeing with this pandemic is that people are getting outdoors as a way to, um, you know, deal with the stress and anxiety that the COVID-19 pandemic is is bringing on, and you know that's great. We we certainly encourage people to 
to find that refuge in nature. Um, but I think it's also really highlighting uh, is we've had, um, you know, in some, some of our facilities, uh, crowding situations and, you know, um, the, the need that people have for this. And so um, the, the significant or the importance of making sure that we're making the investments in those public lands and in those public facilities that serve Minnesotans and that are, are really serving an important purpose uh, for people right now. Yeah, and when you think about um, natural resources, to me anyway, that really gets to the heart and soul of Minnesota. You think about fishing and camping trips, trip up, trips up north, snowmobiling, and you know, especially for me, and I, and I have children, and and just uh, to me, that's really important to take take part in those activities, especially in the day and age when everybody's got their phone and it's staring at a screen and just to get people out and about and enjoy the great natural resources here in Minnesota. That's a terrific thing in my in my estimation to just editorialize a little bit. Yeah. Well and, and one of the one of the elements that we haven't talked about was under the quality of life category related to the um, initiative around improving accessibility at state parks and recreation area. And I think, you know, to this point it, um, getting outdoors is such a part of our heritage in Minnesota and is so important to our daily lives. And one of the things that we've recognized is, you know, our, our facilities are not equally accessible to all Minnesotans. And so, you know, we want to do uh, the best that we can do to ensure that everyone who wants to access them is able to do that. And so with that aim in mind, there is a recommendation for $10 million to uh, begin some projects to improve the accessibility at uh, William O'Brien State Park to actually implement some improvements and then to, to design and plan some initial improvements at Fort Snelling State Park. And obviously those are two close to the metro area state parks and really important uh, popular parks. And, and we're really excited uh, to work with the Minnesota Council on Disabilities to, to think about how we create an ex a whole park experience that is accessible to people with disabilities. So not just, you know, a particular component like the parking lot or the visitor center or the bathroom, but, you know, make sure that folks can experience um, all that Minnesota State Parks have to offer. Great. Well, um, just kind of uh, getting into the kind of the political side, uh, what are you hearing from legislative leaders about the prospects of a robust bonding bill this year? I know usually we act on that and uh, have a big bonding bill, as you know, in an even-numbered year. Um, this year it's kind of like all bets are off, it seems, with everything else going on. But what, what are you hearing out there? Um, are, are you encouraged that we'll take up some of these, address some of these needs in a bonding bill? Well, I'm certainly hopeful that we'll address some of these needs in a bonding bill. I mean, I think we've certainly made the case that the, the needs are there. I think, um, you know, Minnesotans understand the importance of these investments in, in their quality of life and in their public safety and, and what they mean, uh, you know, for, for people. So I, am, I remain hopeful. Great. Well, good luck with your request. Uh, is there anything else you'd care to add, Commissioner, before, uh, before I let you go? Um, you know, I, I think I covered the, the key highlights out of the request that I wanted to cover. So, again, I appreciate the opportunity. Great. Well, thank you for joining me, and uh, good luck and stay safe out there. Thank you. You too, Brian. 
Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce, or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.